0: 702. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Live. Online. The 702 app. DSTV, Channel 856, 92.7, and 106 FM.
1: Coming up on the show today, Pravin Gordhan fails to satisfy the ANC-NEC about the parastatal exodus. Samu wants the city of Twane to return to the negotiating table. U.S. President Joe Biden heads to Israel. Minister Nalili Pandor says SA backs a two-state solution. In the courts, it's day two of the Zulu Royal Throne Challenge. A magistrate testifies in the Senzo trial, and Amazon announces its launch date for South Africa. All of that over the next hour. 702.
0: Let's walk the talk.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Madeira Report on 702 and Cape Talk with me, Mandy Wiener. Good to be with you today. If you're wondering what's happening in the Proteus World Cup game uh, due to be underway today against the Netherlands, nothing because it's been raining. So uh, we've seen a delay to the start there. There was a a toss earlier, um, but there is no actual start of play. So we'll be watching that. Uh, Tolekele will be watching that for you as well. We'll bring you a score. ...once it does start. Remember, you can send us a WhatsApp voice note... 72 702 1702 567 1567 We'll go to the courts a bit later. lot's happening today. Also, we'll unpack uh, Amazon announcing its launch date. What do you think about that? Are you keen on Amazon coming into the country? What does it mean for uh, our um, retailers as well? We'll get some analysis there. But let's start with the ANC-NEC meeting. We had uh, day three of the ANC-NEC meeting yesterday. The electricity minister, Dr. Ghossi Enso um has uh, been uh, the subject of some discussion there. Pravin Gordon, the Minister of Public Enterprises, also had to appear before the ANCNEC and according to reports in EWN, uh, the ANCNEC not very happy with what Pravin Gordon had to say about what is really an exodus from various parastatals, from Transnet, from ESCOM, uh, from PRASA as well. City Madia, WN's Associate Politics Editor, joining us now to discuss this. City. good afternoon to you. Pravin Gordon appearing before uh, the ANC-NEC. Some have accused him of meddling in the running of the SOEs. You're reporting today that the ANC-NEC was not satisfied with his report. They want him to return. Tell us what you know. Good afternoon, man. A much-anticipated
2: appearance, I must say. You know, of the different ministers who appeared before the NEC... Many NEC members that I'd spoken to were waiting to hear about the state of our SOEs. Um, And that happened just before lunchtime, I think. And many said that it's simply not enough, that he has not gone deep enough into enough detail about what's gone wrong at perhaps a Transnet or ESCOM. So they just felt that more work needed to be done. They wanted to understand a lot more. They said the presentation spoke about the issue of trans. um, transformers, the issue around electricity in Gauteng, for instance. And said so that's simply not enough. It's not enough to look at one issue in relation to the elections. They wanted a lot more. So as it stands, from what I heard, they've asked them to go back. But there is a view, and it's not a new one, Mandy, that somebody like Jose tora the electricity minister, must get closer to the ESCOM board. I don't know if you remember, earlier on when he was first appointed, there was this issue around... Renewables, getting him access to energy and um, a, 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 a face off with Gweda Mantashe. But on the other hand, there was one with President Godan. So the president allowed him to get closer to the issue of renewables. However, Eskom was left alone. There was a feeling that he needed to interface with the board so he can get um, get to dealing really with load shedding. So that view is back on the table. But the president, of course, kind of standing up for Praveen Goddard, asking for time, um, asking for time in order to deal with the issue of the shareholder representative becoming somebody like Mm. the electricity minister, but also asking for a bit of time around some of the claims that we've seen in the media where he is accused of political meddling, political interference, as far as ESCOM is concerned. And the general feeling in the ANC being that, Mandy, that they should have spoken while they were in office. People like Professor Malakapul should have spoken while he was still chair and um, board of the ch- chair board uh, and board chair board. of the ESCOM board, the ISCOM board, sorry, ISCOM board yes. during that tenure. So they, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So that they could do more during that tenure. So that conversation did come up. But I do think that, um, as they said, President Sola Maposa kind of stepped in saying that he will go back and look at what is possible going forward.
1: Uh, Tini? the President also making some closing remarks yesterday, speaking about renewal within the ANC, a uh, not-so-veiled response to what former President Tabo Mbeki had to say about the ANC. Tell us about uh, how, how those comments uh, were interpreted.
2: A really direct response. I think the ANC is not trying to rock the boat as far as its relationship with former leader, leaders are concerned. They are going to elections. It is a known thing that former President is aggrieved about the state of the organization. Solomon Apostle saying that renewal, um, renew, renewal. Oh my goodness,
1: renewal is not a one day event, but it is you a know, process. a three day NEC meeting before. can can do that to you today. We 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 really do understand. <laughs> Be ANC every
2: day, thank you. But saying that there is no turning back, that they will renew the organization, that they sometimes take five steps forward and three steps back. So that did feel very much like a response to former president saying it is unfair and it is incorrect to say that there is no renewal of that organization happening. I must just very quickly, quickly add for you, Mandy. I'm at that. It's the first time I've seen an NEC meeting that is grappling with ideas and issues in the country as opposed to their own political battles. The last administration of the ANC really was a wreck and every ANC meeting there was a different uh, feeling around this particular meeting and this particular set of ANC members.
1: Do you think there's a, a little bit of panic that, uh, that that is setting in ahead of the elections and what we're seeing as suggestions the ANC could go below 50 percent?
2: There is, um, they're constantly doing polling, they dealt with the elections as well at this meeting and they are worried about voting. they're worried about KZN those two remain uh, problematic. They do know that they will have reduced margins, but by and large, NC members believe that they will be able to make it as far as the national figures are concerned. The big concern is losing provinces like Gauteng and KZN, and they're trying to come up with plans of what to do when trying to get their branches more involved in trying to mitigate And of course, Mandy, the issue of electricity is a big one. The NC has seen ESCOM as an opponent at the last uh, local government elections. They see issue of service delivery as a, as a problem. So watching them zone in on the many things that have gone wrong migration tells you that there is something about what's going on. I mean, for me, I, I, was, I was a little bit dumbfounded when they were speaking about how concerned they are about the number of undocumented migrants are in, in the country and in the province. And I said... When does the NC then take responsibility for not doing its other jobs that led to this current crisis where you're now concerned? Because it is border management. It is policing. Those failures led to where we are at this moment. And they wouldn't take responsibility. They just stuck to we are concerned. But you do feel that there is panic and there is an attempt to look at things that have gone wrong. But I think voters might say to them too little too late. I mean, only time will tell.
1: Mm. Well, Siri, thank you very much. Siri Madea, EWN's Associate Politics Editor, unpacking the ANC-NEC meeting, which took place uh, over the past three days. We are expecting the ANC to hold a media briefing on its NEC outcomes uh, tomorrow. Uh, But let me know what you think about uh, what Pravin Gordon has been doing at the Parastatals, what the president of the ANC has been saying about renewal within the, the ANC and how all of that will lead up to the elections next year.
0: 702 The Midday Report Monday to Friday
1: 12 to 1 p.m. Let's look at developments in the Middle East now. The US President Joe Biden is going to be heading to Israel tomorrow, making an extraordinary wartime visit to that country. He's seeking to demonstrate staunch support for the country as it works to eliminate Hamas, also pressing for ways to ease the humanitarian suffering in Gaza and Anthony Blinken the Secretary of State for the US announced Biden's uh, trip uh, which will take place uh, tomorrow more than seven hours of negotiations taking place uh, in, the, in, in Israel at the moment uh, well South Africa's stance has also really been clarified by International Relations Minister Dr Naledi Pando uh, she was speaking to my colleague Bongani Bingwa on 702 earlier today speaking out about the Israel-Hamas war and as the death toll in that conflict continues to rise. And Dr. Pandor saying that South Africa's position with respect to the ongoing situation is a two-state solution. Have a listen to what she had to say.
3: The South African Jewish Board of Deputies, as you no doubt know, have written to the president complaining by uh, complaining about what they are calling the silence from the union buildings and the hostility of your party, presumably the ANC, which they call stunning in the wake of that attack. Can we as a country categorically condemn what Hamas did? Well,
4: I don't know whether uh, we can condemn it. I don't have sufficient information on who the responsible parties are, but I do believe that uh, to attack civilians and uh, kill uh, civilians who have no role in the particular uh, hostility toward Palestinians, Um, that for me is a concern. However, uh, there is a deafening silence on the part of the Jewish Board of Deputies, on the Palestinian question, on the fate of the people of Palestine, on the erosion of their rights, on the denial of basic freedom to Palestinian people. So, you know, I I, uh, recognize that to have a two-state solution, there would have to be negotiation and agreement between the two parties. And our response is a response to the reality. You can't reify uh, uh, the, an occupying power and seek to neglect those who are occupied. So for example, at the moment, uh, the South African Jewish Board of Deputies consistently makes reference to Israel. And to them, Palestinians don't exist And this is something
3: we cannot uh, be a party to. We have, of course, been told now that nearly 3,000 people have been killed in Gaza by Israeli airstrikes, many of them children. There are many thousands who are wounded, many others missing, believed to be dead under rubbles of buildings that have been flattened. We know Israel is preparing for a major ground offensive In that context, again, I ask you about the idea of a two-state solution. I mean, this doesn't seem like something that is going to be resolved in our lifetime. There doesn't seem to be any will for any withdrawal, any backing down.
4: Well, I I think as uh, freedom-loving people, we must never give up hope and should focus uh, on a priority uh, that is uh, positive. We can draw opposing parties together. We've seen it happen in South Africa, and South Africa should be engaging with all uh, uh, communities across the world and leaders to persuade. Let let us work with these two and bring them around the table and find a solution.
1: That's Minister Naledi Pandor speaking to Bongani Bingo on 702 earlier today, uh, making very clear South Africa's situation with regard to the Middle East conflict.
0: 702. 702. Mandy Wiener.
1: Weekdays 12 to 1 p.m. 12.21 on the Madeira Report with me, Mandy Wiener. Let's look at the situation in Tswane now, because we've been following this for, for weeks, uh, this ongoing dispute between Samoa and the city of Twane. And now there appears to be an attempt to restore some normalcy and get service delivery working again, with uh, Samu, the South African Municipal Workers' Union, calling on the city of Twane to come back to the negotiating table in the interests of normalcy, stability, and service delivery. Samu were saying that the union is deeply concerned by statements that were made by the mayor, Celia Brink. We brought you those statements last week, in which uh, Brink was saying that the city has got evidence that links uh, a senior Samu leader in Tswane to the torching of a waste truck several weeks ago. Remember, there was a press conference uh, in which the mayor said they've got this evidence that shows that A senior Samu leader in Tuane has been linked to the torching of a waste truck several weeks ago uh, and saying the evidence was handed over to the police and the investigation is still ongoing, but regrettably no arrests have been made. So that's what the mayor had to say last week. Samu now saying... They want uh, negotiations to continue. Let's speak now to Nkateni Mutavi, who is the Samu Deputy General Secretary. Nkateni, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. What is Samu's position on the ongoing dispute? And tell us about this renewed call for the city to come back to the negotiating table.
5: Afternoon to you and afternoon to your your listeners. Look, we we believe that uh, uh, negotiation or if we're to have a dialogue between ourselves and with the city of Swane, we can come up with some solution that, that will also save everyone in this process. I think that is quite important, that even if there was to be a war in countries, people continue talking to find each other and, and have a way forward around this. Because when there's no service delivery, it affects everyone in Swane. I think that is where we're coming from, a South African workers worker. Senior.
1: The city's always been consistent, and we will speak to Salvi Bakabo in a couple of minutes, the Tswane spokesperson, that they don't want to negotiate uh, if, if this violence continues. That's my understanding of it. Um, uh, do you, do you, Have you condemned this violence as far as you're concerned? Have any SAMU members been involved at all? Um, and, and, and do you think that there is reason for the city to negotiate with you?
5: No, look, I, I think that there's no valid reason in terms of negotiating. Unless they are saying... All of some some leaders, they view them as hooligans or just a bunch of rascals. We we have been saying, for example, if you were to have your child uh, stealing from your neighbor, you cannot say, you cannot even talk to the parents. We've got different structures in the organization that you can approach to say, but this is what your members are doing. We've made that call before. We are saying, even if there's war, people keep on talking. You can't say because war is continuing, we cannot have dialogue. Our country on its own, we have come to, to have a freedom because of negotiation, where there was violence and all that. I think that is lazy thinking for, that is coming from the spokesperson of the city. And this regular statement like that that also perpetuate or accelerate in the uh, uh, distrust between the employer and the employees. We are calling them the city of Swane to do the honorable thing. Let's sit down and have a discussion around these things. It's our city also. We cannot have a situation where we have them and us as if we don't exist in the same city.
1: And Kateni, fundamental to all of this is the fact that Samu wants an increase. The city says they haven't got money for an increase. How do you find each other around the negotiating table if, if, if you're poles apart?
5: No, no, no. The, the, the reality is that we have signed a collective agreement in 2021, September. That, 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 that was a multi-year collective agreement and 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 they've got a the right to apply for exemption they've applied for exemption. their exemption application was was deemed to be free volars and without any base, and it was dismissed by the South African local government bargaining council. And the papers that they've brought before the bargaining council indicated that they budgeted. Initially, there was no issue that we don't have money. They said, we didn't budget. Therefore, if we were to pay the increase, we will be violating Section 15 of the Municipal Finance Management Act. And we pointed that out to them at the bargaining council to say, in actual fact, the amount that we have budgeted of $12.6 million, covers the increase. You don't have to go and fetch money somewhere else. So Now they're saying we don't have money. They've never taken us to confidence to say what do they mean because initially they said they didn't budget.
1: Nkateni, thank you very much. Nkateni Mutabi, the Samu Deputy General Secretary speaking to us. Sorry about that. That was completely my fault. I pushed the wrong button. Um, so let's get a response now from Salbi Bukaba, who is the 20th spokesperson who was listening in to all of that. Salbi, good afternoon to you. Thank you for uh, for your time. Uh, Samu, you heard there um, saying that they want the city to come back to the negotiating table uh, in good faith in the interests of normalcy, stability and service delivery. Will you be returning to the negotiating table?
6: Good afternoon, Mindy, and thanks for the opportunity. Yes. We have acceded to a request to enter into dialogue with Samu and the dialogue is being facilitated by CCMA. We actually meant to meet yesterday. We had agreed to meet with them. Unfortunately, the meeting could not proceed as the number of parties were not uh, available yesterday. But yes, we are committed and we are willing to meet with Samu. We are going to schedule a date um, soonest. Uh, to meet with them, Uh, hopefully we'll be able to break the logjam.
1: Are you confident that you will be able to break the logjam, that you'll be able to find one another on on, on these issues?
6: Well, we are confident that we we will be able to do that if both parties are honest uh, with one another and we have opened our books to the bargaining council. We disagree with the ruling Uh, of the uh, bargaining council that the city has to pay the increases because the city has money. The city does not have money, and that is why we have uh, referred the matter or taken the matter on review to the Labour Court and to demonstrate our commitment uh, for the matter to be resolved expeditiously. We have petitioned the judge president of the Labour Appeal Court uh, to hear this matter urgently. So we are waiting The judge president to schedule a date for the matter to be heard.
1: Last week, the mayor said that there was evidence linking a a senior Samu leader to the torching of a waste truck several weeks ago. There's clearly deep animosity here between the the city and the union's concerns from the city side about violence. Is, Is this a climate in which you can negotiate?
6: Well, I'm dead. I've been listening to some of the interviews conducted by Nketeni um, uh, in which he renounced violence. And we thought that this is a, a welcome move on the part of SAMU. I, I, we believe that this is something that they should have done at the beginning. We had engaged in negotiations with them. I had personally facilitated those engagements between the city manager, the executive mayor, as well as the leadership of SAMU. While we were negotiating, members of SAMU, we're busy beating up employees who are not on strike, busy touching vehicles, busy doing all manner of misconduct. So we then realized at that point that there was no need for us to continue engaging in negotiations with SAMU. But we are glad now that there is a change of attitude and commitment on the part of SAMU uh, in which they are, they are renouncing violence and uh, they are willing to cooperate with the CDN. we hope that the um, negotiations or dialogue will yield positive results.
1: Salbi, thank you very much. Salbi Bakaba is the 20 spokesperson. So there you have it from uh, the city and from Samu, both sides uh, and both views there. And, and hopefully they will get around a negotiating table that they'll find one another because this has been going on for far too long for several weeks now and uh, what we've seen is uh, a real impact on service delivery and stability in the city so hopefully uh, they will be able to find one another and reach some kind of resolution in the interests of the residents of what's up mandy
0: on oh seven two seven oh two one seven oh two
7: hi mandy as far as the anc renewal goes i don't see that there's anything to renew i don't know why they keep on flogging this dead horse The movement has run its course from a liberation struggle to where we are right now which is a short 39 years that they've run everything into the ground in south africa it's time for them to move out of the way and to give other people a chance to actually make the difference that needs to be made in this country for everybody that lives here black white colored blue pink whatever color you may be thanks it's michelle
8: Hi, Mandy, when it comes to international relations, we lost our credibility. Nobody will take us seriously. Yeah, we were going to make lots of noise. We were going to wear flags, we we're going to endorse certain flags, but nobody will watch, nobody going to take us seriously. We lost our credibility. When it comes to Russia and Ukraine, the same Naledi and the president say that we need you need to be neutral if you want peace. But why can't they do the same when it comes to Israel and Palestine? Thanks, David.
1: Hey David, thank you very much. I think there's definitely a view from some quarters that Nalili Pandor and the government's uh, view on the Middle East is hypocritical when it comes to our position on Russia and Ukraine. We can't say that we're neutral in one instance and not neutral on another instance uh, if we want to to play a role in mediating a crisis. Uh, So thank you for that WhatsApp voice note. And then on the issue of the ANC, do you expect the ANC to just roll over and and relinquish control of the government? That's just not going to happen. So they are going to focus in and try and renew. And renewing the organisation for me is very much a PR exercise because if you renew and you root out corruption and you deal with all of those issues, then uh, you are repositioning yourself, rebranding in many ways in the run-up to the election. And you can't blame the ANC for wanting to do that.
0: 702. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Let's walk the talk.
1: The Commission of Inquiry into the Marshalltown fire today holding a briefing. Remember, Justice Sisi Khampepe was appointed to lead that inquiry. And uh, it's been giving an update on um, the activities that have taken place since its appointment. Uh, also giving details around the rules and regulations of the commission, what it's going to do, how it's all going to work. Alpha Ramushwana, EWN reporter at that briefing for us. Alpha, good afternoon to you. What has uh, Justice Sisi khampepe been saying?
9: Good afternoon, uh, Mandy. Yes, of course, uh, Justice if you Campbell, who is the chairperson of the um, Commission of Inquiry into the Marshalltown Fire, was meant to give the rules that will um, guide the Commission of Inquiry. However, those rules were not given to the media today. In fact, she mentioned that there's been a problem with the publishing and printing company that has made it difficult for them to actually publish and um, um, release those uh, rules and regulations today. But she also spoke uh, on when the public proceedings or hearings will commence and on the 27th, or 26th of October rather, we will be here in Parktown for the commencement of uh, um, um, the Commission of Inquiries proceedings. And the proceedings will be in two different halves. Part A will be submission of evidence, interviewing witnesses, uh, submissions and uh, hearings that will be held in public. And the Part B will be probing uh, the Ustindiso building fire and uh, the prevalence of Job uh, fires in the the prevalence of fires at uh, Jobic CBDs and also hijacked buildings uh, at Jobic CBD. As we know, the commission was supposed to commence its work uh, about three weeks ago, but there's been some delays to the start of that. Let's take a listen why there's been some of these delays.
6: We just saw weaving that one day, God help us, that we forget it. We want to forget because there's nothing good about this era. Even though we're going to emerge victorious. And we can't help but full set for them. The disappointment on the Zulu Nation could not be explained better. The Zulu Nation a lot from
2: us.
1: Apologies, uh, we played the, the wrong audio there, Alpha. Um, I know that you did send some audio of uh, that briefing that took place. Uh, we'll, we'll play that audio that we just played a bit later when we get an update on the uh, court case involving the Zulu Nation. So as things stand at the moment, are we due to now uh, get uh, get this this uh, inquiry underway? And, and is there clarity on who exactly will be called to testify? Well,
9: uh, Justice Sisi Khampepe couldn't give um, uh, more information as to who will be the witnesses, who will be called to testify here at the commission of inquiry into the Sindiso building fire. She did say that there are a number of people who've already been approached um, uh, um, who are expected to know something um, when it comes to the building fire that killed about 77 people uh, at the end of uh, the month of August. So there is no um, uh, clarity as to who are those people. But she did call on anyone who think there might have evidence to come before the commission to give that evidence uh, uh, that will help uh, in probing the matter and coming to a reasonable conclusion. So we do know that this commission will last six months, but because there's been some delays, it's going to be pushed further um, after April.
1: Alpha, thank you very much. Uh, Alpha Ramashwana, EWN reporter, speaking to us there, following that briefing today from Justice Sisi Khampepe, giving an update there. As he said, the rules and regulations of the commission due to be made public today, there's been a delay with that. Uh, But there is now going to be this judicial inquiry, this commission of inquiry into that Marshallstown fire. And I think that we need to learn lessons from this. We absolutely have to, when you look at the the sheer scale of how many people died in that incident. But also, this is a long-running Problem and, and and this has been an issue that the city has been grappling with uh, for for years and years. So hopefully there can be something constructive that comes from this inquiry in terms of what needs to be done by by the city, uh, by various stakeholders uh, to to deal with the issue of of uh, inner city buildings, hijacked buildings, the fire risk as well, and the lives that were lost in this incident.
0: Hi, me again. If you know what this ridiculously short 30-second ad is for, you'll probably know what I hate most about it. Yes, it's the legal line. Pineapple AFSP 48650 is underwritten by Old Mutual Insurer or Licensed FSP and Non-Life Insurer. T's and C's apply.
10: I mean, who cares?
0: Have you ever heard anyone say, wow, did you hear that Pineapple ad? Go to pineapple.co.za for 100% insurance, 0% other stuff with all those super interesting, invaluable T's and C's. Well, I haven't. I've also never heard a complete ad where we...
1: Thousands of South Africans sell their vehicles to We Buy Cars every month, and thousands more buy from We Buy Cars every month. With We Buy Cars, you don't need to miss any rugby. They'll come to you, evaluate your vehicle within minutes, and pay you on the spot. And if you're buying, you can secure your vehicle online while watching the game. The ball is in your hands. Visit WeBuyCars.co.za today. 702. 702. Mandy
0: Wiener.
1: Weekdays 12 to 1 p.m. 12.43 on the Midday Report. We're watching various court cases for you, two of which are taking place in the High Court in Pretoria today. Uh, the first one is uh, Day 2 of Prince Samakedi uh, Kazuelitini Zulu versus President Cyril Ramaphosa, that matter being heard in the High Court. It's a challenge to the President's declaration of King Mrs. Zulu as the King of the Amazulu. We'll get an update from our reporter on that matter in a few minutes. And then the Senzo Miuwa trial continuing again today and this, as, you, as you'll as you know from listening to the show, uh, that there is now a trial within a trial that's taking place. So the prosecution presenting evidence regarding a confession and the alleged pointing out by two of the accused. So the magistrate who apparently took that confession from one of the accused is now appearing in court at the moment and testifying. Uh, so that's what's happening right now in the High Court in Pretoria. Have a listen. Uh, and the sound is courtesy of Newsroom Africa. This is what's happening in court
7: right now. Whether he confirms the content of the statement as correct
8: and he answered yes.
7: Statement is signed by the department by means of his signature.
8: Statement
7: is also signed by the interpreter
8: and by myself. The date
7: sign was put and the time of completion indicated as 20 minutes
8: past 5 the afternoon. Uh,
7: Certificate by the interpreter was also completed and attached.
8: Signed uh, by all present. Uh, with reference to the interpreter, the department, and the magistrate. Yes, we've
10: already referred to the copies of the three uh, police officers.
7: It was also attached and initialed by the interpreter and the
8: deponent. I, I stamped these documents.
7: The stamp used is a stamp that was allocated to me in person and signed out to me as magistrate.
8: It's time to get a last name again. A foot to get a sign by a sign that i
10: Do you confirm the correctness of uh, this document?
8: Correct. Exhibit uh, JJ? The, doc- the document again.
10: What did you do with uh, the document Exhibit JJ after the proceedings?
7: After the parties left. The office that includes the interpreter, the deponent, his
8: attorney. Um, I then handed the document to Mrs. Duplessis.
7: She then made copies for the files and handed me a copy later that week.
8: Eh wasenza ke amacopy ke ayezo ya ke ku file wanginikeza nami ke i ka muva ke leloviki lelo So, na
10: afloop van die, van die verrichting, van die afneem van die verklaring, wat het toe daarna gebeur?
8: Uh, nou, after the proceedings, uh, after taking down the, uh, the, the confession, what then happened? Dit is nou met betrekking tot die partijen wat in die kantoor was. With regards to the parties that were present in the office.
7: Die partij het my kantoor verlaat en nadat ek alles opgepak het en ek die kantoor verlaat het, was hulle nie meer in sigt.
8: Uh, after the parties then left and after I had packed everything and I also left the office I, they were not in sight anymore and I also uh, didn't see them in the passage E un babbo naga e muvagoti senko kagonke, e gasen puma regolo ovisi lelo, e babbebe ngeko, e nalapoglio passage leo, babbe ngeko, e nakambino shilovel foot in wase wasse e tatage, le document lena, wavinegas andayogu, mrs tuplessi, o wenzage, amapopia manual fagagaggego file, e gamuva regolo vi gominegas andai.
10: E Menir Giaco, di procurere, vatti di deposito. The deposit is not in the account for the diary of the
8: affirmation
10: of the verklaring.
7: Ah,
8: Mr. Giacomo who represented the deponent or assisted the deponent, was he in the office for the duration of the taking of the confession? That is correct. I Mr. who
1: so that's live coverage there, courtesy of Newsroom Africa, of what's happening in the Senzo Miuwa trial at the moment. A magistrate who took a, a confession and a pointing out from two of the accused currently on the witness stand there. And this is crucial. This is a, a trial within a trial, as they call it. Uh, it will determine whether or not this pointing out and this confession uh, can be used as evidence in this matter. And and that is really critical to the prosecution's case. So we've got the magistrate on the stand at the moment, busy explaining how how exactly it came to be that this confession uh, was made and the pointing out uh, of evidence was made. And as, as she is stating there very clearly, she said to the accused that uh, no one can force him to make a statement. So he can't be forced uh, into making that uh, confession because then this is exactly what happens is down the line. He'll say he was coerced or he was forced into making that statement. So that's what's happening at the moment in the Senzo Miwa trial. I also mentioned the other matter that's taking place in the High Court at the moment. Today is day two of Prince Simakadeh Kazuelatini Zulu versus President Cyril Ramaphosa. The prince is challenging the president's declaration of Miss Zulu as the king of the Amazulu. And we've seen a, a heavily divided Zulu royal family taking its battle for the throne back to the courts today. Uh, prince Simakade is asking the high court to declare unlawful that decision by the president to recognize King Miss Zulu. And that succession battle was all triggered by the passing of uh, King Zuelatini more than two years ago. But what's also been crucial here is uh, Prince Mangasutu Buthelezi, as the uh, royal prime minister, prior to his passing a month ago, um, that he had recommended to the president that King Musuzulu become the king of the royal nation. So that matter is currently playing itself out in the court at the moment. And then two other matters that we are watching for you as well. In the Pretoria Magistrates Court today, an alleged fake doctor is making a court appearance. And we've seen so much recently about fake doctors and fake fake pharmacists. Uh, well, this is an interesting story because this one is is a little bit further down the process. So Kingsley Chele He's described by the police as a Facebook a con artist. He's accused of scamming nurses and pharmacists out of thousands of rands. He's styled himself as a doctor and a pharmacist and has convinced them to invest thousands of rand in projects that did not exist. So he was arrested on the 2nd of October and wait for it, he managed to escape from custody last week. So he was arrested. He then escaped. He was then rearrested. And now he's also been charged with escaping from lawful custody. So he is appearing in court today and facing criminal charges for that escape, but also for posing as a fake doctor and scamming people out of a fortune of money. And then the last matter we are watching for you today, also in Cape Town, is the alleged 28th gang boss, Ralph Stanfield and his wife, Nicole Johnson. They're applying for bail on the Cape Town Magistrates Court today. Uh, the pair alongside three others are also facing additional charges, which include attempted murder, the possession of an unlicensed firearm as well. They were arrested at their Constantia home at the end of last month for theft of a motor vehicle, common assault, robbery, fraud, contravention of the Prevention of Organized Crime Act. So that's a a matter that we're watching for you in the Cape Town Magistrates Court today. Many court cases playing themselves out. What's up, Mandy? On 072 702
0: 1702.
10: Hello, Nandi. Hi, the issue of the city of Swan. I, 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 you, 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 know, you know, it's funny because this kind of shenanigans, if, 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 if it's appropriate, use it was, it was always associated with the African National Congress. But the DA led one How it's been happening? I'm based in Lotus Gardens for the past I think four weeks if not six I had to take out my dustbin on my own. Yet on the statement they are charging me for that. So maybe side time we also as residents of Twan needs to get up in arms and then go and demand our wasted money because we are paying for something that is not being serviced by the city of Tuan. Makwa CV Thank you.
1: So that's a comment there on the conversation we were having earlier between Samu and the uh, city of Tuane. And this is exactly what I was talking about, is the impact on service delivery in the city of Tuane. And that's why hopefully they will find each other around the negotiating table. Samu says they want the city to come back to the negotiating table. The city says they intend to, and the CCMA will be facilitating those conversations. And we need to see a resolution to this dispute between both sides because it's been dragging on for, for way, way too long.
0: 702. The Midday Report. Monday to Friday. 12
1: to 1 p.m. So Amazon has now officially. Announced, announced that it will launch Amazon.co.za next year. They've announced a launch date and that means South African based sellers can reach customers nationwide. This has to be one of the worst kept secrets uh, because everyone knew that Amazon was launching. Now it is official. In a statement issued today Amazon said over 60% of its sales in its stores are from independent sellers. Well, let's unpack what this means with Toby Shapshak, who is the editor-in-chief at stuff. Toby, good afternoon to you. Uh, didn't we know that Amazon was launching? Did we know? Was it official? Is it the worst kept secret?
11: <laughs> That's a good way of describing it. It is the worst kept secret. People have known about it. Uh, there have been the occasional job postings that was expected to be at the beginning of this year. Um, but But, you know, clearly they've known this is coming. So they've put out a a preventative statement and officially said it'll be next year. They haven't said when next year. They've just said next year and it's going to be a very interesting development I think for e-commerce in South Africa in general and it's worth just taking a step back to look at the context the, the you know the dominant player in South Africa the Amazon of South Africa as it were is Take a lot but take a lot is not a profitable business. They lost 300 million rand last year and and they are by far uh, the biggest service provider of this kind. They've got the economy of scale and everything else, and they're not making uh, a profit out of it. How is Amazon going to do it? Everyone is asking. Of course, what it's meant is that all the other bricks and mortar retailers have had to lift their game significantly so that they're. E commerce delivery is much, much better. If Amazon does introduce Prime, which is a fantastic service, I subscribe to it for a while. Uh, you know, I've been to the States, I've ordered stuff that's arrived that day or the next day. If you, you know, if you, if you're trying on clothes, I know a guy who goes overseas, um, he orders all his clothes using Amazon Prime, tries them on, sends what he doesn't want back the next day. You know, it's a very useful mm-hmm. feature. Uh, clearly, checkers and Shoprite have sort Shoprite checkers have seen this coming. They've they've introduced a, a prime like service for their sixty sixty delivery app, which is clearly one uh, one the delivery wars. So you pay, I think it's a hundred rand a month. I started doing it this month, and you get uh, free deliveries over three hundred and fifty rand. I think so. You see, you see the impact already. Other yeah. service providers are having to. Uh, up their game so that they're ready for this kind of, of, of competition. And Amazon, of course, is the biggest player of this, of this nature in the world. Mm. Um, they've recently been sued by the American government for being a, a monopoly, but a lot of people have, have pointed out and, and quite rightly that if you look at the entirety of the American, uh, retail business, Amazon's actually a small percentage of it. They may be the yep. biggest online player, but they, they're not the biggest in general. And, and take a lot has said exactly the same thing. Justifiably, they've, you know, the competition commission has said that they're a monopoly and they need to break them up. But actually in terms of overall retail in the country, they, they, they're not the biggest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, so e-commerce is not the largest. So it's certainly going to be good for the consumer, I think. Uh, Everything Amazon is promising, and I read the statement myself this morning, is pretty much what Takealot does already. Um, so it's going to be an interesting yeah. uh, dilemma to see who's going to win that award. I mean, of course, if you sell if you sell a, a, a widget, man, you're going to want to sell it on both platforms. Um, so it's going to so mean everybody's me, what, what, what going to... So what does this you know, mean all for... The, all the sellers are going to be on multiple platforms.
1: Yeah, what does this mean for, for South African retailers? Because when they put out their statement, Amazon promoted two sellers who are going to be on its platform, African Mama's Craft and Reader's Warehouse. So does that mean South African retailers... Can can sell on the platform but does it mean as consumers we can buy from overseas retailers as well
11: i would imagine i would imagine let me speak about the overseas thing first yes i mean they will bring the product in you'll pay a local price for it you know i've i've shopped if you've ever shopped at amazon uh, it you know the stuff gets shipped from wherever the base is, usually Hong Kong or Shenzhen, if it's electronics or some of the other stuff. So I've often seen, you know, placing an order, it gets sent, you see where it comes from. So those 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 uh, merchants, those international merchants, those distributors are going to – you're going to place the order in South Africa on a South African website. You'll pay your tax in, in rands and and it will be delivered to you from wherever they're sending it. Uh, obviously, they pointed out the two local sellers. I also noticed that. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know the first one, but Reader's Warehouse is fantastic. I buy yeah. lots of my kids' books there. They're much more reasonable than you know who. Um, and, and you know, clever trouble. play thank because, you. you know, Amazon's Amazon's launching and, you know, it's giving a leg up to these two small businesses. So, right. yeah, it's going to be good all round for South African consumers, not so sure about the other businesses.
1: Toby, thank you very much. Uh, Toby Shepshak, the editor-in-chief at Stuff, uh, giving us uh, his view there on Amazon, announcing that it's going to launch in South Africa next year.
0: Mandy is on Twitter.
1: At Mandy Wiener. I want to read you a tweet that has just been put out by Vincent Maguena, who's the spokesperson for the president uh, in which he says, reports of the South African government offering support to Hamas are false. We do not have a bilateral relationship with Hamas. We have bilateral ties with the Palestinian Authority. Support for the Palestinian struggle against occupation does not equate to support for Hamas. That's from Vincent Maguena, the spokesperson for the president, clarifying media reports it took a very long time but clarifying media reports uh, that the south african government is supporting hamas the uh, spokesperson saying reports uh, of support to hamas are false and it is not equate to support for hamas i'm sure lots of response to that this afternoon